1: Apologize in advance for any coughing that occurs no during this episode.
0: Necessary. I'm sorry, you're still not feeling well.
1: It won't go away. I know. I
0: feel like it's a ling- it's people are yeah. It's one sick. of those things yeah, that just hangs it's out, l- lingering for sure.
1: And it didn't help that I sang at the top of my lungs last night at the Garth Brooks concert. Yeah, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it looked really fun so for those of y'all not from Louisiana or know anything about um, Garth Brooks coming to town he performed at Tiger Stadium last
1: night to a sold out crowd a um, hundred and two thousand people yeah and it was completely packed yeah
0: I did not attend um, Jamie did invite me have extra tickets for me to go but I um, I just... I don't know. I'm, not your thing? No, no, not necessarily not my thing. I think it would have been really fun, and obviously it was really fun, but I just wanted to be at
1: home with the baby. I get that. It was, for me, it was like this crazy, awesome bucket list item because um, for those who don't attend LSU football games, which is most people out there, um, at the end of every LSU football game, they play Colin Baton Rouge. By Garth Brooks, and everybody sings it really loud. And so to hear Garth Brooks perform it live in Tiger Stadium was just like an I'm sure incredible and I experience.
0: I specifically told Michael and his his sister came over yesterday and we were talking about it and I just said think of how nuts Tiger Stadium is going to be, when Garth Brooks performs Calling Baton Rouge, people are going to lose their mind. And everyone
1: did. Everyone lost their mind. And it was funny because like every song, Hillary and I were just like, is this going to be it? Is this going to be it? And like, you know, because he would talk in between the songs and kind of intro them and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, this could be it. And (laughs) finally, he was like, all right, Baton Rouge, I have to ask y'all, are y'all ready? And everybody went nuts. And we were like, this is it. <laughs> we were so excited. But I have to say, I think the hardest I cheered was when Trisha Yearwood came on stage. Legit, I was so hoping for a duet. And he played like the opening chords of Shallow. And I was like, oh ah! like I was so excited. But yeah, it was just it was magical. It was so awesome. I'm
0: so glad.
1: I know it was it was really cool. It I'm looked really...
0: really fun from everyone's Facebook and Instagram posts.
1: Uh, yeah, I, everybody just had like a really good time. It seemed like I um, was mostly excited because I had the opportunity to go to his concert when I was really young. I was like maybe five. And we were sitting literally, like, right next to the stage. And it was just too much for my five-year-old ears. I couldn't handle it. So I spent most of the concert, like, in the hallways with my mom. So, you know, I like, I had been to one before, but not really. Well,
0: no. That's completely. I know. I mean, do you remember it?
1: I do. Okay. I remember it. And I was able to go out there for parts of it. But for most of it, it was just too much. Right. Um. So I was excited to be able to, like, redeem myself. <laughs> And actually fully attend a Garth Brooks concert. Awesome. So and now this podcast is all about music. <laughs> so let me tell you no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's still about books. Let's talk books.
0: I think it's your. your is thing. it my turn
1: to go first? I think it is. I think it is. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'm telling you about a book today called I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. Okay. I don't know how this book came to me. It was sitting in my Audible wish list for like a long time. And I don't know who recommended it or where it came from. But um, when Barnes & Noble started their audiobook subscription service recently, I was like, well, let me just sign up and get a free credit. So so I signed up and I was like, what am I going to use the credit on? And I went through my Audible wish list and I bought... I'll give you the sun because I had seen, just kept seeing it sitting there. So whoever recommended this to me, thank you because I loved it, obviously. Um, But it is a story about twins, Jude and Noah. Jude is female, Noah is male. Um, And they are super close. Like they complete each other. They're those kinds of twins, you know. Even though they're male and female, they're, they're still like two halves to a To a whole. And that's kind of what the book is as well, because we get two halves of the same story. We get um, Noah's point of view when they're, I think, 14, and then we get Jude's point of view when they're like 17 ish. So when the book starts, we're seeing it from Noah's point of view, and everything is great, and they're both artists, and they're both just super creative and artistic. Um, and their mom wants them to go to this like fancy art school that you have to apply for. And it's, you know, hard to get in and everything like that. And so then we switch over to Jude's point of view three years later and everything has changed. Um, they're not close anymore. Their mother has died and Jude is in art school and Noah is not. And Noah was the one who like really, really wanted to go to this art school. Like Jude was like, yeah, I'll go. You know, it's cool. I like art too. But Noah is like the artist. Right. And he's the one who's like, he will paint something. And everyone's like, oh my God, how did that come out of this 14-year-old? Right. Basically. Yeah. So the whole book, you're kind of trying to discover... What happened? How did we get from point A to point B? Mm -hmm. You know, what happened in between? And so it's a little bit of a mystery, obviously, which I enjoy in a book. Um, But the thing I think I enjoyed most about it. Was the way Noah's brain works. It's like he thinks like an artist and a creator and a painter. So he'll be having a conversation with somebody and he's really angry. And he's like, and then a tsunami came and washed them away and they drowned. But really, they're just still just standing in front of me and da, 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 you know? Yeah. And and it's just like the imagery. The imagery and the way he creates and moves the world in his mind was just absolutely fascinating to read. I yeah. loved that, but I also really loved the story. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just so good. It was heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. Obviously, their mother dies, and that's difficult to deal with and stuff, but ugh, it was I, – I had no idea that I was going to love it this much because cause when it started, it was a little slow, and mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know where this is going, and then it picked up, and, and everything just started coming together, and it was so good. There's also an aspect of it um, – that was interesting to read, Noah. Um, now, he's the younger one when it's his point of view. He, like, falls in love with the new boy in town. So to kind of see their relationship develop and change and things like that was, mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just a really great YA novel. And I, I loved it. I loved That's it. That's great. And where the title comes from um, was really cute. The two of them divide up the world as twins. And so they have this game where they're trying to, you know, reach world domination. And so they'll trade things and they'll be like, I'll give you all of the flowers and all of the trees if you let me, you know, ride in the front seat of the car or whatever it is, you know. And so um, at one point, um, I won't say what happens, but there's a, a moment where they trade the sun so that's where I'll give you the sign Aww, comes from.
0: That's really sweet.
1: So, I like that. Yeah, it's a really cute little, you know, twin game that they do. Well, your
0: description made me want to read it.
1: Well, good. Yeah. That's what I would hope.
0: Um, okay. Yeah, so tell me about your book. My book is called Last Tang Standing by Lauren, Lauren Ho. Have you heard of this one?
1: No, but I know you're really excited yeah, about it. Yeah, it was so. really,
0: really good. So basically, I was thinking, okay, what I needed something good. You know, I didn't need another three star. <laughs> um, so I picked this on a whim, actually, whenever we were here last recording. Um, I was just like looking through and it just popped up and it was one of those um, covers that, you know, like catches you. It was, like, red and had this Asian lady on the front of it with glasses on. And um, it just looked fun. So I read the description. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to try this out. And it worked perfectly. I mean, I got in my car to leave, <laughs> and I started it. And within the first, I mean, five minutes, I was laughing out loud. Oh, my gosh. So it's um, about a 30-something. Her name is Andrea Tang. So she's Last Tang standing. Got it. Um, they She lives in Singapore now, and she's of Chinese-Malaysian descent. Um, and the story has been categorized or described as Crazy Rich Asians meets Bridget Jones's Diary. Ooh, fun. Which I think is a really good description. Um, and I will say it's also a little bit meets The Hating Game because okay. there's a work aspect of it. Okay. So she is a... Um, like 40 under 40 lawyer, like well-known, fantastic lawyer. And she pretty much, that's her life. And so right now she's trying to make partner at her firm. And she's 33. And so it's basically her and her cousin slash best friend Linda who are just, I don't know how to describe it without you listening to it, but the narrator just is so funny. And just everything that she talks about, they – the way that Lauren Ho writes is just so relatable, and you feel like the comments in Andrea's mind that she's saying, not out loud, you're just like, yes.
1: I I think those things too. I think those things
0: too. And so they do this whole, the beginning is them going to a family function at Aunt Weiwei's house and she's like the matriarch of their family um, and she has a whole bunch of money and so everyone feels indebted to her. And they go through this whole array of family members at this function and it's like the aunts that give you the side eye because you're not married. And then like the unmarried cousins and then the married cousins, the ones that are engaged that are just like think that they're, all that because you're now beneath them, right? And so it's a very heavy um, on if you're not married and you don't have a man and you have no children, like, like what are you doing?
1: We, yeah, what is your worth? Right,
0: and so it's very much that, and so it's her um, kind of going through the motions of of life and her career and wanting to find love, but not, but feeling the pressure of that on her. Um, and then there's a lot of familial issues that pop up um that are really interesting so it's it's really funny but then she switches from really funny and awkward and uncomfortable to very serious situations and topics and you can just feel like all the tension but then all the lightness and all the happiness and then all the sadness and it's just I don't know it was just really really funny and really good and I mean I couldn't it's what I needed this week. Like, I just really needed this book. And I, um, I loved it.
1: That's so awesome. That sounds really fun. Like, yeah. I loved the Crazy Rich Asians yeah. series. Um, and I love that culture. Like, it's just... And they
0: talk about... Sing- I mean, the whole Singapore, um, they do a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of, like, wealth, like, that they discuss. Yeah. You know, in this place. And um, how she is a lawyer... She feels like she, even though she has a great income, that she's way beneath, like, all these people that she's around, you know, which is crazy to think about. Um, And she ends up meeting um, this guy who is very wealthy and very well-known, and there's kind of, like, a love going on there situation, but then there's also a guy at work Mm -hmm. who is not her nationality, um, who's engaged to someone of his nationality, um, and there's... You know, like a a love thing going on there as well, and so um, it's just interesting to see because they talk about different nationalities and how within those nationalities you're supposed to marry, you know, people that are like you, right? Or you know, and what that like, means, you know, and that and she discusses that saying. So this person who's Chinese of Chinese descent could have nothing in common with me at all, but because he looks good on paper, my family would be super excited over someone that I'm actually, like, have things in common with that could be a love match right? In a long-term relationship. Um, anyways, it was just, um, it was really good. I think that you would really like
1: it. It sounds like it. It sounds like something I would enjoy. Yeah,
0: um, the narrator is Catherine Ho. I don't know if she and Lauren are related. Probably not, <laughs> but, um... She was a fantastic narrator. That's
1: awesome. Really, a narrator really can just make or break a book.
0: Yeah. Like if she wasn't the narrator, narrator, it still would have been really smart writing and like witty and funny, but she just made it come to life.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like I was listening to one of the Smarty Pants romance books recently. Um, the whole like universe that Penny Reed created and, um... This one was not by Penny Reed. It was by one of the outside authors. And it was a really cute book. But the narrator just was not good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the character was kind of, um, she just wasn't very confident, I guess. And the way the narrator portrayed her, like she seemed weak. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Man, that's a bummer. You know, yeah. like the narrator can really when change I read how reviews- you feel.
0: On books, if it looks like something I would want to read by the description and the reviews talk about how terrible the narrator is, I usually don't read it.
1: Yeah. I can usually get over most narration. Like, I can usually just kind of set that aside in my mind and just focus on the book. But sometimes...
0: Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One other just tidbit about this book is it it was uh, Lauren Ho's debut novel. Oh. And she is actually a formal legal counsel so she has a background in that world and that she it says on her bio that she just writes for pleasure and like that's what she's trying I guess trying to make this um I don't know I didn't read too much into it so I don't know if like she's now only writing books or if she's still doing that but it says she worked with like Doctors Without Borders and she's done a whole bunch of other things and writing was just kind of her passion on the side um
1: you know I love a good debut novel. Yeah, and this
0: was uh, in mid-2020 is when it came out.
1: Okay. It was the so fairly recent. How, yeah. Did you look and see like if she has anything else in the works? I haven't looked. Okay. I have not
0: looked. I actually just finished this on my way here. so
1: Nice. Yeah. That is awesome. I'm going to <laughs> check it out on Libby. Yeah. Okay, tea. Yes. This tea that we are drinking from Bridgerton. <laughs> It's one of the um, Bridgerton series teas from the Republic of Tea. And this one in particular is Queen's Cake, which is a vanilla fruit tea. I have to say, I don't love that they added the, a queen into the Bridgerton show. I
0: don't love it either. So for background, this was one of the first series that you gave me, I believe, where you yep. were just like, I read this. You should just, you should read this because I think he would really like it. And it's just has like a special place in my heart, kind of thing. And And um, I lent
1: you the books one by one. (laughs) Yes.
0: And then um, I loved them. Like I couldn't get enough of them. And
1: they're
0: they're not anywhere near as um, intensely sexual. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they are, but it's not, I felt like Bridgerton the show is way... Way more sexual, way more than, sexual. than the books. Or At least the first season was. I haven't had a chance to watch the second season.
1: The second season, there's hardly any. Oh, really? Really. Interesting. Yeah. I know. It was kind of like a weird 180. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, well... There,
1: there's some stuff, but... Yeah. Anyway.
0: Um, but yeah, I agree. I didn't... When, when you like a book series so much, and then they add characters or they change stuff, it's just kind of like, why it was so good? Why can't you just write it that way for the show?
1: And don't get me wrong, I love the show in yeah, its own it's a, right, yeah, separately, for sure. yes. But I don't love the Queen. I edition. just don't know. Th-
0: I don't know that it's necessary. It's a necessary addition in my mind. I don't think that it is.
1: But anyway, we're drinking the Queen's cake tea because, like it or not, she's a part of the show. <laughs> So, um, would you like me to read this in a British accent?
0: Yes, please. I I mean... (laughs) Was that just, like, expected?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This diamond of an herbal tea is imbued with the flavors of a rich vanilla confection studded with sweet black currants and lemon. This cup meets the discerning approval of Queen Charlotte, the veritable tastemaker of London society. Sip like a royal and enjoy this decadent tea with no scandal and no remorse. <laughs> with my um, like kind of raspy <laughs> I voice, like I kind of sound like Julie Andrews a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, do. if I do yeah. say so myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's organic green rooibos, organic orange peel, organic, lots of organic, uh, licorice root, natural French vanilla flavor, organic blackcurrant flavor, organic lemongrass, and organic lemon flavor. It's all organic. Except for the natural French vanilla flavor. Um, Thoughts? I like it. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, sweet little green tea. I like it too. I don't drink a lot of green tea. It doesn't
0: taste like green tea. But
1: yeah, it's got like a, a more powerful flavor than a green tea typically does. Um, I, like I like it a it. lot.
0: I taste the black currant for sure. Um and the only reason that I know what that taste profile is like is because of um, a black currant balsamic that I use on salads a lot.
1: I thought you were going to say the black currant tea that we tasted on the podcast no. previously.
0: Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not what I was going to say. Okay. And I didn't. <laughs> no, um, Red Stick Spice has a black currant balsamic.
1: I think you talked about that when we tasted the black currant tea.
0: And it's what, it's, (laughs) I, (laughs) you like it. It's that flavor. Yeah. So black currant tastes like black currant and they nailed it. What do you know? They nailed it in this
1: tea. And it's it's organic. And it's organic, (laughs) which obviously makes me want to
0: drink it more. (laughs) I mean it's
1: tasty though
0: it's very good I, I do like it I don't it tastes I don't even get a green tea
1: no I could see myself drinking this like in the afternoon mm-hmm. at the office mm-hmm. when I just need something you know yeah. light to tide me over
0: because it's not fruity like berry fruity
1: no it's like currant fruity <laughs> right
0: it's like <laughs> hmm. like if I had to like say a fruit current? I would say like black. Cur- <laughs> Oh, it does have the. Oh, well, that's why. Well, what do you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, it's
1: good. Yep. I like it. Try it out, guys. So, do you have a Freud and Freude or a Keeping You Sane? Yes, I
0: have a Freud and Freude. Um, today is the last day of a two-week-long event. Yes. With worse Snaps.
1: So it's um.
0: It will end today at five. That's so exciting. It's very exciting. It's been a little tiring. Yeah. But um, I think it's gone relatively well. Good. Yeah, so I'm excited. It's the first um, event of this kind that I've done, and this is the largest event of the year.
1: Ooh, that's nice to get company. that out of the way.
0: Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it to end.
1: <laughs> Can my Freud and Frieda be that... I went to the Garth Brooks concert and had a great time.
0: Of course,
1: I have done essentially nothing the last ten or eleven days that I've been sick. So, um, but that's you have to do that sometimes. I know
0: wellness, overall <laughs> wellness, Jamie, mind and body.
1: I am trying so hard to get well. Like I took Friday off because I was like. I can't not feel well during the Garth Brooks concert and just I'm (laughs) tired of feeling this way. So I I took Friday off to try and get better. What did you do? Did you sleep? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I slept most of the day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Obviously, your body needed that. Yeah. Think about how much worse you'd feel if you hadn't done that.
1: I know. But hopefully soon, my Freud and Freud next week will be that I'm finally feeling better. (laughs) Anyway, um, I think I'm going to go rest again after this. Well, I'm
0: going to go to work. And then I'm going to go home and see my baby. Yay! (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing
1: anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at InkdrinkersPod.
0: Cheers.